Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Um, Welcome in. It is Saturday evening. It's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. And the last Mile High Insiders, before we have a good idea of what is going on in the draft, I guess we'll be going live uh, next Saturday as well. So that's where a lot of the... The meat of the draft for the Broncos will be this time, but uh, welcome in, guys. Happy Saturday, Luke. It's good to see you. How you doing? What's up, man? Getting ready to go into draft week. It's what we've all okay. been working for here at MHH. You and I were draft nuts, just like a lot of the other cats on the other shows last night's crew, right? And but a couple of draft nuts and uh, Chad and Zach got some special news coming down the pike and awesome yeah. draft coverage from all of us here at MHH. So, dude, I'm pumped, man. We were just talking off screen about what next Saturday is going to look like and. Next Saturday is just going to be a Saturday MHI takeover starting at 10 a.m. for the draft. So we will keep you guys up to date. But I'm pumped, man. It's here. It's finally here. It's like Christmas morning. We are so close. Yeah, I know. We already got our Christmas gift early, maybe on St. Nick's Day uh, with Russell Wilson coming in. And I love George Payton saying, I know there's been some, you know, a little maybe curmudgeon-y takes of like, you can't say the Broncos first round pick was Russell Wilson this year. Uh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be like George Payton, like day one. Oh, I'm just going to pop on the and Russell Wilson, Wilson highlights next year too. Yeah, heck, let him roll. Hopefully there'll be highlights from the 2022 season. But uh, let's see Dylan coming in here saying, uh, sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much, Dylan. We appreciate you. Thanks, uh, Paul is in the house too. Nick and Luke and Scott and Dylan. Good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you, Paul. So and Paul? Paul says Payton needs to double up 2023 assets so he needs four more 2023 draft assets or assets via trade. Unless the gems drop gem drops, I'm expecting 64 to the highest bidder. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. Thank you for the comment. And uh, curious what you have to think about this one, Luke. Pick 64 up for bidding. Yeah, yeah, Paul, I like it. And obviously Paul's referring to George Payton's recent press conference. Every year, right, they roll out a, a pre-draft press conference. And sometimes they're, they're really stale, if I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. and you hear the same thing of, I'm not going to give away what we're going to do. This year, it's a lot different. The Broncos don't have a number one pick. So what did George Payton do? He alluded to the fact that the Broncos do have maneuverability. Now, while he would like to try to get some of that compensation back for future years, including this draft, um, he also hinted at the idea of, we need to trade up in the second round. That's an option. And I really like that aspect of it myself because I got guys I want them to move up for. They moved up last year in the second round. We weren't expecting it. I think Paul's hitting the 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 nail right on the head here. George Payton, if he wants somebody, he moves heaven and earth to go get him. Yeah, no, it will be really interesting. I think that you will see the Broncos maneuver around the draft board and collect 2023 draft capital uh, using their not excess of picks this year, but nine picks. I mean, that's still a solid, uh, solid bet. I would expect the Broncos to probably finish with God eight to 10, right? Well, one more, one less, but they'll definitely be trading down and working their way to accumulate more 2023 draft capital. So as far as like points on the board for 2022 draft picks, that'll be less when you walk out of this draft because they'll be getting a little bit more 2023 assets, but I don't think it's going to be 64. That's up for bid. I think they're going to take somebody at 64. I'm thinking 75 is going to be the selection where the Broncos mm. are going to be moving around. I think they're going to want somebody there at uh, 64. So we'll see though. I mean, just feeling the wind there. That's just, you know, how's it going? Ashley also coming in. Good to see you, Ashley. Hello to our mile high insider, mile high huddle ladies. And she says, Hey, Luke and Nick, what's your favorite hot take for the draft? All right, Luke, you, I mean, God, Hot take. Sit hot down. take. We, this is hot take radio. Welcome to MHI. I'm your host, Luke Patterson. Uh, no, so I guess if I went hot take, how about how about this? George Payton will make a trade. That's not the hot take. It's gonna Im- 
involve a player or two. Hmm. How about that for a hot take? Maybe if you yeah. want to get some future picks, you try to deal some some receivers, dare I say a receiver. I don't think like a Jerry Judy or anything like that. But if you've got some young up-and-comers, maybe K.J. Hamler, uh, you can get a draft pick for or something like that. And, you know, Tyree Cleveland has some potential as well. And, and it's just one of those things for me where I'm not looking to sell players but other teams are going to poke around because George mm-hmm. Payton is doing a decent job. And uh, I just think that maybe you could see a name or two maybe on the move. That's just speculation, not hearing anything. But if you want more, you got to give up more. And it's the Broncos don't have a ton to give up in terms of draft capital. Uh, yeah, my hot take is that and you've kind of heard me probably hint at this, Luke. This will get a uh, an eye roll from you. And we disagree, but that's totally fine. Uh, I think that in this offense specifically, the type of players are that are available in this draft class, it would be silly for the Broncos to use pick 64 on the tight end position. Now, if there was a Kyle Pitts or, you know, a freak athlete, TJ Hawkinson all the way around tight end that fell to that vein. Okay. But they don't fall there. And I think with Russell Wilson specifically not looking to take check downs, not using the short middle of the field. I don't think it's the, while it is when you look at the Broncos roster an obvious weakness, I don't think it matters that much because I don't think they're going to utilize that position more so than the wide receivers and the running backs in the run game. So that's my hot take. I think that the tight end position itself for the Broncos with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, uh, both those guys, his offense didn't really utilize tight ends that much in the past game uh, volume wise. So I think the tight end position Broncos country is a little bit too uh, hot on their heels with that one when it's probably not going to be as valuable in my opinion. Nah, Nick's just mad that his bay is gone and is up there. You're close. You're closer to bay now. No, it's closer to you. You're good. You're up there in Seattle. Uh, no, that's a really good good conversation that we were going to get into. Mm-hmm. Tease that a little bit later for the show, uh, because Nick, you got a lot of evidence that supports that. You threw it out there on your Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. You can find me at Luke Patterson LP. I want to give my guy Gavin a shout out. Gavin is right in the middle of taking EMT testing, and that is always fun. Saying, Luke, I just passed my third exam, man. Two more to go. Congratulations. Way to better yourself. I'm really proud of you, man. Gavin's a good friend of mine. Uh, I used to, I, I had to pass that same EMT test when I became a firefighter, and it's not fun, man. Those tests and stuff like that, Nick, you know tests and and all that kind of fun stuff it's stressful but boy the sense of achievement when you finally get that certification that degree that license that sense of accomplishment when you've bettered yourself through educational means or health or anything in your life i think that should be celebrated so huge tip of the cap to gavin man that's awesome yeah man congrats to you good for you i mean anything accomplishment we celebrate all you know achievements and milestones here because you only have so many, right? So celebrate the good things. Nothing's too small to celebrate. Paul coming back in with a good question here. Are you comfy enough to take a center at 64 if you're George Payton or should that be a mid third move? Well, 64 to 75, you know, that's not a big range difference there. Um, I think that if Tyler Linderbaum falls, to yeah. 64, he won't. Um, but, but that's a conversation to have. I also think there's a conversation to be had about Cam Jurgens at 64, given his, movement skills, athleticism, power frame. I mean, he has almost 34 inch arm length, which for a center is very good. So I think you have a conversation about Cam Jurgens from Nebraska there at 64, but I mean, I pick 64. I want to see what the board looks like. Do one of those top safeties fall there? Is there a cornerback you love? One of the plethora of edge rushers, Travis Jones, an offensive tackle. So it's hard to say 64. Some guys might be there that I'd prefer, but I think Tyler Linderbaum, yes, if he's there, I'll take him, you know, he will he be there. No, but I want to throw that out there. And then Cam Jurgens, I think it's more possible than a lot of people are talking about right now for pick 64. I think we're overlooking the fact that Russell Wilson is a a freak when it comes to preparation and football. And if he's good with Lloyd Cushenberry, that's the way they're going to roll, at least right now. They're not going to, in my opinion, spend a premium draft pick on a center position. That's not to say that I agree that they shouldn't. That's just I don't think they won't, They will. Um, Russ prints out reports, okay? We've talked about this, for each position after the games and basically grades them and then gives scouting reports for the next week's team. He knows what Lloyd Cushenberry looks like, at least on film and snapping against air. I don't know if that's a term we always say throwing on air, but how about snapping on air? Because that's what Lloyd was doing up there with Russ in the San Diego um, camp, if you will. But I just don't see it. I really don't. Um, We'll have to see. But Dale Fleming, speaking of seeing, he's seeing live time, primetime action right now, saying I made another live show barely. We appreciate you, Dale. Dale was in the live stream super, super early. 
and uh billy billy coming in billy homan hi luke nick and scott scott we gave scott the night off he's always you know slaving away and Man. he's got some family obligations so always spend time with your loved ones folks todd's in the house as well saying hi nick luke scott dylan and broncos country thank you for joining us and a good friend of ours ernie mays what's up nick good friends what's up luke go broncos let's draft chad muma that's my red dot boom there's my there's one of my red dots and red star yeah yeah no he's he's everything i want and more man like he's everything i want and more my guy cecil asked about him george payton at the press conference and i thought payton's answer was a little interesting talking about the the what do you have to value with a linebacker in 2022 more or less and alluded to some baron browning references but instincts came up over and over and over and he wouldn't reference Muma or anything like that but we know that George Payton likes to like stay away from guys like with Pat Sertan right like oh mm -hmm. no I'm, I love him I'm gonna stay away from him so no one knows it just makes me wonder what's going on over there what's George Payton's board gonna look like we're gonna have an idea really really soon yeah so uh tell let's say hello to a few more people here but let's circle back to this red star so what our concept today is uh for the show was when nfl teams are building boards they obviously have the front office and all the area scouts and blah 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 but each person i guess some people get more than one but they get a red star that they can place on a prospect card that is essentially like this is my guy i'm standing on a table for him i'm going to bat for him uh, daniel jeremiah spoke about it recently i think this originated from the baltimore ravens and now almost every single team does this Aussie. so the, the red star yep Yep, Ozzy Newsome. So the Red Star players, um, we'll get to that here in a bit after we say hello to some people in here. Ashton's in the house. What's up, homies? Getting ready for Chubb to get traded for picks. Uh, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Bring it down. There's a hot take for you, Ashley. Ashton's coming in. A little Ash on Ash connection there. I love it, man. If if What would a good trade for Bradley Chubb look like for you? It would be a year from now. And it would be for multiple no. seconds and a third uh, because no, he had a good season. It's selling low. I just, you have <laughs> such a huge hole. I'm, I'm already concerned about the edge rusher position and then to get rid of one of your top two guys. If somebody offers you a first round pick, then okay. But I don't no think way. you're going to get more than like a, a, a third, four, a third and maybe a future a conditional fourth. Yeah. And I think you probably with, with the way this team is set up, he's quote unquote healthy for the first time. I would rather keep him in my pocket for this season for the control and either tag and trade him next year if he has a good year or bank on him getting a big contract, former fifth overall picked edge rusher. Those guys get paid and getting a compensatory pick in 2024. That's probably going to be more value uh, than just trading him right now. So I think that that's you're a year early on that, but it's definitely something to keep in mind for the horizon, uh, depending on what happens with uh, Bradley Chubb this season. Yeah, it just sucks when Bradley Chubb's goal is to play every game. I mean, I just wish, like, I'm not trying to take a, yeah. you know, swipe at him, but it's just he knows his injury history. So I appreciate mm -hmm. his humility, but I'm wishing the best for him, just like we all are. And then Randy Gregory, it is what it is there. So Jonathan Cooper, you're up. Malik Reed, we all know how you feel about him. You're up. Uh, I, I, it's the same thing, man. Yeah. George Payton talked about it. Edge is deep in this draft it's the deepest position here arguably so mm -hmm. uh i just i think peyton's gonna definitely try to pick one or two up in this draft mark is weighing in mark 91 this week is gonna feel like an eternity absolutely the draft week is kicking off what on thursday night nick round one it's gonna be even longer for broncos country because i don't think denver's gonna reach i really don't so it's gonna be a real long thursday night I was going to say Thursday and Friday are going to feel like an eternity, but uh, hopefully patience wins out in the day. Unless there's a guy that the Broncos feel they, they have to go get, then they can get a, hopefully get a good deal for it, but we'll see uh tall, dark and Mexican coming in here saying, good evening, fellas. Glad to catch the show tonight. Glad to catch you in here. Dark, tall and Mexican as well. Good to see you. Thanks, uh, Vegas countdown. Can't wait. Curious to see if yeah. we trade some players for 2023 picks at waters army Mojica. Yeah. So Atwater's army, you. man. Yeah. Yeah. The smiling assassin had a special out. I didn't get to see it. It's on the DVR though. So if you guys got to see, did you get to see it, Nick? I haven't seen it yet. Nope. Okay. Been busy yeah. Taking if, of the sun. if somebody saw it, don't spoil. Yeah. Don't spoil it, but let me know what you thought. Cause that was really interesting and that's awesome. I don't know if you're going to Vegas or if it's just a countdown to Vegas, but um, it's going to be cool. The draft life is starting to resume. Joey yeah. coming in as well. Hello, Broncos country from Japan. That is what's up. Some orange and blue out there in the, uh, is it the land of the rising sun? Is that yes, sir. saying yeah. it correctly? All right, cool. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I wasn't butchering that. 
No, absolutely. Luke Wright coming in too, saying, uh, hey, what's up, guys? Pop in and just say hi. Good to see you. My guess also, what's up, Broncos country? David's in the house. David and I go back pretty far. So good to see you, David. He says, hey, what's Nick up, and Luke, David? let's ride. Good to see you, David. Greg let's Smith's ride. in here. Aloha, Greg. We always like to say that he says, good evening, Broncos country. Robbie banging the table for his guy, saying Troy Anderson at 64 if he's there. That's his red star player. So that's fun to think about. And Derek uh, getting a comment in here. Derek over on Facebook and want to pivot real quick. Make sure you guys, especially on Facebook, but YouTube as well, getting your stars and uh, super chats in for a chance to win our jersey, monthly jersey raffle off. And Obviously, people really want the Russell Wilson jersey number three. Hard to get it on shelves, et cetera, et cetera, right now. But if you're getting in the stars and the super chats right now for a chance to win those jerseys, you could be one of the first owners of the Broncos' new draft picks coming in. You know, this draft is going to be over the end of this month. You know that it's Trey McBride there at 64. Broncos taking. You want that McBride jersey? Hey, if you win the raffle for the super chats and superstars, you could be one of the first with the Broncos Trey McBride jersey, a Broncos Chad Muma jersey, or a Broncos Troy Anderson jersey, as Robbie wanted there. Mm. Uh, Derek player coming in here saying, I think we need more defensive line help. Well, Luke, what do you think? We haven't talked too much about the defensive line, but I really do agree with Derek's uh, comment here. Yeah. I think defensive line is a position that you're going to need help at. I think Mike Purcell could be a cap, a camp veteran casualty. That that wouldn't be a big stretch. So let's talk about it. I guess defensive linemen that are going to be at least in the range of uh, where the Broncos are at for me. I think Logan Hall is definitely there. It's maybe mm-hmm. one of the first or second um, big cat out of Houston. And then maybe Winfrey. I like him out of Oklahoma too. Uh, but man, again, those are some premium picks. I don't know if I love the need enough to go after somebody and trade up for a defensive lineman, but I'm definitely considering it on uh, on Saturday night when we're or Saturday afternoon, MHI takeover. The, do it then so we can report about it right here on MHI. Yeah, it's coming up. I mean, I would click my heels and not not sit down very well for the next you know 24 hours if the Broncos somehow ended up with Travis Jones. I would absolutely love him, but he's probably going to go in yeah. the back end of the first round or one of the first 10 picks in the second round. And you're probably not trading up for a defensive tackle as much as it would be nice to add a guy. I mean, the Rams last year ran a lot of 515 defensive looks with uh, five down linemen, you know, three interior guys, five or uh, two edge rushers and then the singular linebacker back there. And uh, that would be something you might see with the Broncos here again, especially if they did get a pair on Winfrey or Travis Jones. Also really do like Logan Hall there. At 64, I don't think there's probably another interior defensive lineman I would be interested in at that spot. I mean, DeMarvin Leal had a little bit tweeners, didn't have the best year. Uh, Fedarian Mathis is more of a nose tackle to me, you know, maybe maybe a run stuffing three technique if you wanted a two gap or gap and a half from that spot. Uh, but probably better to wait on the interior defensive line after those early guys would love Logan Hall. Scott and I disagree on Logan Hall, but I think Logan Hall would be a heck of a get for the Broncos there. Uh, Tall, dark and Mexican coming back in saying headed to Vex- uh, Vegas next Wednesday after work. Four of us nice. heading to Las Vegas to live it up and our draft fanatics w- went to the one in Dallas and it was awesome. That's great. Mm, and that's so nice. Cool. I, uh, that's one thing I haven't done. That's I want to do. I want to be able to cover a draft, hopefully down the road. I, have you got to cover one live at a draft? Um, yet? Nope. I have not done one live. I, I was really close to one in uh, Chicago a few years ago, but the weather was like horrible. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that one. It was like wet and like, it's 38 degrees here in Chicago. It's like, well, you Chicago. In horrible. April, like, it could have been shocking. Been, <laughs> who knows? Um, it was terrible weather though. Yeah. Uh, Leroy coming in too says we got some takes on pick 64. I love it, man. It's, I'm really excited for the depth of this class and for everybody talking about the depth uh, at 64. I'd rather get a defensive tackle or right tackle. 75 would be edge or cornerback for me. I am. So it's more about who's available there. And if there was a tight end that I loved in this class that fell to that range, I'd be saying, okay, fine. Take him. I just don't love any of them at 64, which is why I kind of seem like to have a hard line at tight end. Um, yeah. But really it depends on how the board falls. It could be a center. It could be a right tackle, it could be a cornerback, edge, defensive tackle, safety, linebacker too. I mean, heck, if Chad Muma is there or Quay Walker's there, I'm not oh, going to yeah. fight you too hard if those sure. are the guys that the Broncos walk away with because I love those guys. And 64 is where you should be considering that kind of position, that kind of player. So I wouldn't have an issue with it at all. Um, but defensive, right tackle, whatever, just just come away with a difference maker. Yeah, Abraham Lucas, man, I, I was telling you, I kind of went down the rabbit hole there on, on him a little bit more, went back to him, and I'm really impressed. If he was there, I would be okay with it at 64. Yeah. I really would. I don't think it's a reach. I think it's very fair. I think it's surprised that he would be there, but right tackle, man, the Broncos have got to clean that up. That's what Chase is saying. Fortify the trenches. 
either way, offense, defense, we need to continue to have up and comers. You need to start developing some guys waiting in the wings, if you will. Uh, Quinn Miners, Dalton Reisners, those players that can step right in as rookies and play don't come around that often, or if they do, they struggle. Deloitte Cushenberry, he's struggled at least since he's been a rookie, but he's played every game, Nick. I mean, that's pretty impressive too. So it's, it's, you got to have guys waiting in the, in the wings and that's what the Broncos have really screwed up. And that's why their special teams has been as God awful as they have. And George Payton talked about it yesterday out there at UC health training center. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about fortifying the trenches, Willie coming in, wanting to win the uh, jersey with the giveaway with the super chat here. Thank you so much, Willie, saying right tackle, linebacker, or defensive back. I mean, you might as well add edge and defensive tackle, too. Those are the spots that really stand out to me. Um, It would be a shock if the Broncos went a different direction for me personally at pick 64, I guess. The other position that we can hinted at earlier, but center, I think is very much a possibility if Cam Jurgens is there and it's not really disrespect. I guess it kind of is disrespect, but it's, it's reality. I mean, this is a competitive business and Lloyd Cushenberry has been a pretty mm-hmm. poor center the last two years. And that's an area that this Broncos team, if they brought in a better scheme fit, uh, that's an alarm bell for that one with Lloyd Cushenberry, the wide zone scheme and somebody who would be cost controlled for the next two years, maybe get some 2023 seventh round pick 2024, sixth round pick by moving on from Cushenberry. Uh, that might be more valuable uh, for this team, but I hear you, Willie right tackle linebacker, defensive back. I would add edge rusher up there too, yeah. uh, but those are all definite, definite spots. I think you, maybe you're looking at like a cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska or McCreary out of Auburn late in the second round. But I, again, I would, Man, I don't see a rush on corners, but you never know, right? Because you can never have enough corners, um, as Vic Fangio famously said once, right? But that's really the case. But where are you going to take them? I could see George Payton wanting to take them and try to find his gem a little later when it comes to corner, especially since he just drafted one in the first round last year and hit a home run with PS2. Speaking of home runs, there's our guy, Dan Mark, saying, what's up? Hello, fellas. Hi. With his Russell Wilson ready to ride uh, graphic. Absolutely love it on the profile pick. Clee is coming in here as well. Here's a good question for you, Nick. Do you know much about defensive tackle Noah Ellis out of Ohio? Uh, if he's from Idaho. Uh, this is Idaho. There. Idaho. Um, Excuse me. Yep, it's all good. Land of the potatoes, right? Um, but yeah, Idaho, a uh, very stout uh, defensive tackle. Vandal. His, yep, a vandal. Exactly. Yep. Noah Ellis. Uh, probably going to go late day three and he weighs about 350 pounds at in a six foot god what's his frame here six foot four frame okay i thought he was six three maybe but six foot four according to the uh combine he's got some weight concerns man (laughs) he does have some weight concerns and he doesn't move that well he is big but he's also just kind of not a great athlete ran a five six six forty with a one eight five ten yard split not very good and the other concerning thing for me is uh for somebody that big, you want them to be able to play across multiple gaps. And one of the things that helps a heck of a lot playing across multiple gaps is arm length. And at 32 and a quarter, he has off arm length. That would be small for a center prospect, which is not what you want for somebody handling in playing across multiple gaps. So big plug, uh, very strong at the point of attack, but probably not a versatile player, probably just a true nose and not much athletic upside. So I'm guessing probably late day three for a team that's really looking for a one technique or true zero technique at the position. Yeah, I like that as well. Brad D coming in. What about Chanel, Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin? I absolutely love this kid. I love his teammate, Jack Sandsborn, even more. Mm. Uh, just because Still I think more more. Yeah, just because you could get him later. I, they're not the same player, but I mean, like, I would wrap. You know me. I yeah. want to dr- already draft Muma, so I'm looking for maybe a really late linebacker or something like that, just just in case. You know yeah. what I mean? But it, it's so one of those things for me because obviously Leo, I think he's going to go a lot earlier than people think. Um, I think he's a top top prospect. I love that kid from Wisconsin. Yeah, he's he is actually a freak type of athlete and people don't really respect it because it's not the type of freak athlete that people want from the linebacker position. People want the Luke Keekley moving mm-hmm. backward in space, looking like a legitimate cornerback in coverage. And while Leo Chanel, isn't that he is a freak athlete coming downhill with his power. Uh, they lined him a, a lot at Wisconsin as a shaded nose tackle on a lot of rush snaps. And he was strong enough that he was digging out 290 pound, 300 pound centers and beating them uh, with blitzes and whatnot. He's very, very good uh, being a force player in the run game between the hash marks. And I think the, the area of the conversation, the conversation and where it's lost with 
players who are that good in the run game is like, well, what is he like in coverage? And eventually, yes, that could be an issue. That's why he's not going to be a first round pick. Uh, but he is so good against the run and so powerful in that way that he allows you to play lighter defensive linemen who are better against uh, pinning their ears back. He allows you to play more defensive backs. He allows you to take only play one linebacker and not yeah. be killed against the run. So you can play more defensive backs. So well, I really it, like Leo Chanel. He, he has strength. those instincts, man. Like you're yeah. describing all of those instincts that Peyton just gloated about Josie Jewell yesterday about look, mm -hmm. is Josie Jewell going to run the fastest 40? No, but you watch him play he's a lot faster than you think and he can move and he like you could it was just glaring like what reaches george payton and what he values and you look at him paying you know Cortland sutton and tim patrick and loving the blue collar mentality of george payton wanting to reward guys and you start looking at okay well he's got to be looking at this for a draft profile leo chanel absolutely fits that for george payton uh gavin coming back in thoughts about the linebacker from bama Christian Harris, uh, pretty much a point and shoot kind of player right now. He ran a really good 40, but he's very linear right now. I don't love his fluidity and his hip sideline to sideline. And I don't think he's always the best at reading and reacting. I think he's much better. Like you're targeting this hole and hitting it hard, uh, kind yeah. of thing. So if you, I think you probably, if he's there at like 75 or 96, you think about it, but I wouldn't take him at uh, 64. I think there's going to be better linebackers there. And once you make more sense for what you're looking for, the more, dynamic skill set in the ways that he is built and an athlete. I'm going to, I'm going to like do what you did to me last year when I wanted, who was it? Dylan Moses. I think I was pounding the table for a million linebackers and you're like, oh, I think he's just the Alabama thing. Some of the injuries, the tire, the tread. I worry about that yeah. in the sec, man. Cause that's where the big boys play. And man, they take a lot of punishment. Even if you're on defense from some of those Alabama running backs and everything like that. Uh, Kathy coming in. What's up, Kathy Lund? Good to see you. Sorry, I'm late. What I miss? Absolutely nothing. The party is rocking. We appreciate you joining in on MHI. Good to see you, Kathy. Uh, Leroy Williams, Daryl Washington also joining the show, showing some love. Really appreciate you guys. Daryl firing away. Select Quay Walker. George Bulldog with pick 64. No problem. I'm okay with it. I really am. I like yeah. this kid a lot. I think he's got a ton of those instincts. I like his aggressive nature. I think he's got a natural flow for the game. Um, he's got to develop still very, very raw in my opinion, but I would love to see what they could do with him and uh, this new defensive scheme. He's got energy. They're always talking about energy yeah. over there. The first time you put on your tape, you see this kid has energy. Flies around. Yeah, I mean, he's prototype. If you built one in the, the lab, it would look like Quay Walker. 6'3", 6'4", 240 pounds, 32, just uh, over 32 and a half inch arm length, jumping like right out of the gym. And uh, <laughs> he actually, at Georgia, they had they have three linebackers that you're going to have to get to know in this class if you're calling uh, Trevon Walker an edge. But they have Channing Tindall, N'Kobe Dean, who gets most of the hype, and Quay Walker. And yeah. a lot of times at Georgia, with their defense, they would actually use Quay Walker as the linebacker to go over and play over the slot and play in space over Nicobe Dean. He's a fluid player. I don't think he's going to make as many game changing tackles behind the line of scrimmage. That's not really his game, but he doesn't let much get behind him either. And I think he's the more fluid, lengthy, buildy linebacker than Nicobe Dean, who I think because of Nicobe Dean's very small size uh, is more scheme dependent than Quay Walker. So I love Quay Walker. He's actually my linebacker too in this class um, ahead of Nicobe Dean and uh, head of Chad Muma. So if, yeah, if Quay Walker's there, I, you know, I don't really value the linebacker position ahead of Devin 60, Lloyd too. Not ahead of Devin Lloyd. Oh, okay. Devin Lloyd's All my right. number one. Quay Walker's okay. my number two. Gotcha. All right. Um, yeah, that's, I was uh, getting ready. I was getting ready to throw a fit. I was like, I know you devalue him, but, but yeah, no, Devin I almost Lloyd's had me curse there. Almost dropped an S bomb on there, but yeah, <laughs> I would love Quay Walker though. And I don't really value the linebacker position as much as others, but with his athleticism and size and solid instincts, I think he's got a much higher ceiling than Nicobe Dean. Uh, David coming in here with the support. Thank you so much, David. You're a nut. I love you for it and uh, appreciate the support all the way through. Um, Leroy also coming in saying we have so many options at 64. It's so confusing and what Peyton is going to do. Too much thinking. Can't wait until next Friday for us to pick. Well, if you're feeling frustrated and confused and perplexed by it, hopefully other teams GMs are as well. And, uh, my thing is, this is really a, a what's the word I'm looking for? A testament to the team building process that George Payton has done so far, done so far this offseason. Now, kind of had to do that because don't have any picks in the top 50 this year. Don't have any first or second round picks next year. You kind of have to have the roster decently set up uh, 
to go right now when you're picking outside the top 50, but Broncos could go anyway. And that's a really good place to be because you have options in the draft. And if there isn't somebody you love there, you can kick back. If there's somebody falling that you love, you can go uh, barely move forward, maybe package one of those back-to-back fourth rounders to move up 10 or so slots. Uh, So we'll see. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. And I love the options because that means that the Broncos are going to walk away with a good player. It's, it's when you are in a situation where if I don't walk away with position X, that's when bad decisions are made. It's hard to guess what another guy is going to do when he's only been here like one year for one draft and he hit it out of the park. You kind of just got to roll with the punches and no matter what happens, we're feeling great about Russ. So um, maybe let him cook, man, you know, and just that's, that's it. Let's go get cook. How about that? Late round running back. Speaking of running backs, you can find a a new piece that Nick Kendall dropped. I was reading it right before we came on the show on uh, milehighhuddle.com. You can reach out to Nick at Nick Kendall, MHH. Yours truly at Luke Patterson, LP. Todd Smith is coming in saying, Hey, What's up, Todd? Thanks for joining us. Uh, wanted to get our friend the brainstorm in here as mm-hmm. well. Who's the only guy you would trade up for, I assume? Or uh, let's do a who's who's a guy that you would trade up for pick 64 right now? Pit from 64 on up? 64 like on up. Yeah. Okay. Like your dream scenario for who you want the Broncos to get in the second round in a trade going up. Oh, uh, man. My dream scenario would be Daxton Hill. I am obsessed with Daxon Hill um, from Michigan. He is super long, kind of a shorter build, but he's actually a safety that I think could play every single perimeter spot on the defense. He could play wide cornerback. He could play slot. He could play too high. He could play single high. Now you're not going to have him play in the box as you know, the cam chancellor type of safety, but you can find other body types for that. But I absolutely adore a Daxon Hill. And if he's, and I know safety is a devalued position, but not one who can play the slot, play the free safety and play boundary cornerback uh, like Daxon Hill can with his athleticism, size, tackling ability as well. He's a really good tackler. Um, so if he falls to pick 40, I'm calling and saying, hey, what can I do to get up there? I, I think he's, I mean, God, he's, he's one of my favorite players in this class and has been for a bit. I love Muma, so I would obviously try to grab him if there was a run in linebackers. I don't know that there would be, but um, you know what's weird is I've seen a lot of mocks lately with Trent McDuffie early in the second or late in the first, and yeah. I like him a lot. I think that would be bold and crazy if Peyton went out and used the very first pick to go get another corner. I don't think it's going to happen, but I like this Cats game. I liked his teammate Molden a lot coming out a little bit ago. Um, but size, you know, that 5'11", 193, it's ideal, but it's, it's a a position you've invested a lot in already with free agency, with premium. So I, I like Trey McBride. I don't know that I would move up to go get him. I'm kind of slowing down a little on that, but I'm really high on, on Muma. So there we go. And Phil's coming in here, catching that safety, that safety talk you were just throwing down saying, hello, Nick. Hello, Luke. Is there a safety you like? And when should we look to go get one? Okay, we can't move up to go get a safety, Nick, but I know that you've looked a lot and you've wrote about a lot of safeties during this draft. Um, One guy for me, I think Kirby Joseph, I think would be a Mm. reasonable pick. I think he was what, Illinois, Idaho, Illinois. Illinois. Okay. I think he's a decent round safety that you could probably get in, you know, day three. Um, where would you consider taking a safety and where do you put that in the list of needs for the Broncos right now? Cause cook will be a late one as well. Brian cook. Um, trying to think of some more JT woods guys mm-hmm. like that. Um, what would you tell Phil about the safety position in the draft? I have, five safeties that I would take at 64. If you include Kyle Hamilton, who won't be there, but four safeties, who's going to be, you know, late round one through round two. Um, I already talked about one being Daxon Hill, who I adore. Um, another yeah. one to consider there is Lewis seen from Georgia, a freak athlete, one of the better players at coming downhill and tackling. You want to talk about playing lighter boxes. You need your safeties then to be able to come down and be aggressive and fill gaps, uh, especially in the quick pass game. And Lewis seen, I mean, you can go back and watch uh, two years ago when Georgia played Florida and he, killed Kyle Pitts a few times, like killed him. Yeah. Eye popping hits. Um, after that, you have a Jalen Petrie who I adore as well. I think Petrie is so good from the slot and playing that will position that you can live with one single linebacker and have Petrie be the de facto other linebacker on the field. He's, and that's, I think super valuable in today's NFL. If you're looking to be living in nickel and dime packages more often. And, uh, then there's also Jaquan Brisker who 
I don't like as much as those other guys, but I think it'd be considered a 64. Nick Cross is one of the youngest players in the draft. Mm-hmm. Has like a freak athlete from Maryland. Keep an eye out for him. He touched on Kirby Joseph. I like him a lot. I also like, got to give a shout out to my guy here, but uh, Dane Belton from Iowa tested really well, had five interceptions last year from Iowa. Uh, pretty good tackler there. Great ball skills, good zone feel. If you're looking for that kind of slot star safety position, he's a really good one to consider. And then you have your hybrid safety cornerbacks that played cornerback, but could be moving to safety that I adore in this class too. Uh, Alante Taylor from Tennessee, lengthy physical yeah. good tackler, good mover. Um, you mentioned it already. Cam Taylor Britt. I love Cam Taylor Britt. So we'll talk about him in a, in a bit. And uh, Marcus Jones as well. Um, short arm length, but a dynamic punt returner, very aggressive at the catch point. He might be kind of a matchup safety in the mold of a uh, Antoine Winfield, who's been really good for the Tampa Bay. Oh, Buccaneers. amazing. Yeah, Ama- I, amazing. Yeah, keep an eye on <laughs> if Marcus Jones shoulders are good. I, I would be extremely happy about him, even though he doesn't have great arm length because he is that aggressive. Um, and the returning ability he's the best returner in the draft as well. I think that's a position that you could probably put some competition on because K Jack coming back is another short-term deal. This is the Broncos are trying to load up and make a run here. This isn't a let's, let's throw it all together, get to the postseason, and then we'll be ready. No, this is time to roll now. And you need to make sure that you've got guys on special teams that can contribute immediately and step in just like Caden Stearns was asked to do last year. It's hard to do, man. I mean, the defensive back position in the NFL it's got to be one of the hardest positions to play just because the refs are obviously going against you as well. And it's just, it's tough. So I'm curious, but Willie, once again, weighing in Willie Barron. Thank you so much. Any USFL guys you like to see go to the Broncos. I'm going to be honest with you. I've watched hardly any USFL. Uh, so let's just bring Slaughter back for the fun of it. I saw that he had a great game with uh, Paxton Lynch on the other side, having a terrible <laughs> game. So just, just for the laughs, because that's what we're here yeah. for with somebody uh, that far down the roster. And just for the narrative, let's Kyle Slaughter. Let's do it. Kyle Slaughter, team Slaughter. Yeah. Uh, I think of what I was watching Shea Patterson the other day or something yeah. like that. It was funny because I actually sat down to try to watch a game today. And then I was actually talking to Chad Jensen on the phone for a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out this USFL thing. He's like, you recognize anybody? I'm like, I really don't. But I like the being able to hear the play. Um, I'm curious to see what is adopted, you know, like a few seasons from now, maybe from these leagues, because all kinds of stuff comes from these leagues. And uh, one of my I was telling Chad, one of my favorite 30 for 30s was small pennies or something like that with the USFL. And then obviously the XFL 30 for 30 was good, too. And XFL getting ready to launch Wade Phillips, son of bum head coach in the XFL. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a lot of fun to see it. And Travis coming in. Thank you so much for the support, Travis. Travis says, good evening, Nick, Luke, Scott, and Broncos country. What do you guys think of Braxton Jones? And would you be okay if Denver drafted him? I would be okay with him at pick 115 or 116. I thought he handled himself quite well at the senior bowl. He's a little bit stiff. He's not like a crazy dynamic athlete, but it was good enough uh, with the length and the body size he has. And I think he can be a good run blocker too. So somebody you take there round three and you hope he can develop into a cheap option at right tackle. And even if he becomes just a, slightly below average starter at the right tackle spot uh, for that type of pick investment. That's an okay. And then you can either go cheap one season at that position. Obviously you want all pros at every single spot, but if you can go super cheap at one position for a year, when you're paying Russell Wilson, the front end of that contract, live it, live with it at right tackle. It can get you by. That's the bottom line. I think for uh, Braxton Jones, you might have better than that too. Uh, but uh, I do like him there round four for the Broncos. I like Braxton Jones as well. I think he's got a. We're talking stereotypes. He's got a great frame. Um, I I'd like to see him tighten up a little bit. I think he'd be able to move a lot better if he lightened up a little as well. Um, but I like this kid's strength. I like his hand placement. I like where he puts his head in the run game. Uh, it's just one of those things where. I, I agree. I wouldn't reach past. I wouldn't go up to go get this kid or anything like no. that. I think he's going to be in striking distance. And mm-hmm. um, I'm curious. We don't know what the offensive line coach and what Justin Outen really values with offensive linemen just yet. So you're going to see a peak of it. I mean, because what you saw a little bit of free agency with some journeyman right tackles coming in other than Billy Turner, obviously, who we are thrilled is back in the mile high city. But it's a one year deal. Right. Or was it a two year deal? I thought it was a one year. It's deal. one. It's one. Year okay. Deal. Yeah. So it's a one year deal. So it's just, again, another revolving door and we'll see if Billy comes back, but um, you got to address the right tackle position. Absolutely love it, Travis. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And uh, we also got Todd coming in. Is Jadavian Clowney still available? He is. is. A lot of things come to a pause before the draft, and he could be waiting until closer to the regular season where a team has an injury or something like that, uh, where then you make that move. So uh, it's still available. We'll see what happens. There's some big defensive ends that are still available. I also like Carlos Dunlap for a cheap one-year deal. Um, We'll be interesting to see where these guys go after the draft. But again, all eyes on Vegas everything about the NFL draft. And speaking of the NFL draft, Luke and I are going to talk a little bit today about our red star prospects kind of hinted at it earlier, but a red star guy is somebody where a scout is given one to two red stars and they can put it on a player's card saying like, listen, this is Luke's star player. Luke, you have the floor here. Why should we take this guy right now with the the two red stars are on the board here? It's it's Luke versus Bob over here in the corner. We're each going to hear it because this one of these guys is probably going to be on the board when we're picking which one are we going with? So, Luke, we hinted at it earlier, but let's just dive fully into it. Trey McBride, one of your red stars yeah. there is a Chad. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Muma. Trey McBride, it, red it's actually Muma. Yeah, oh, for Muma. me, it's, for, for okay. me, it's Muma. And and yeah, I called it a red dot earlier. Yeah, no, the the red star, it, it's it's who are you banging the table for? I'm banging the yeah. table for Chad Muma. Uh, when Logan Wilson is standing there and obviously he's going to he's going to talk to me about his teammate and build him up when he's saying, man, this guy's more athletic than I was. I'm looking at it like, dude, you were just playing in the Super Bowl and you were arguably the best coverage linebacker in the game, at least top three. Uh, okay, you've got my attention. This guy can hear he's he plays piano. He can hear a song and then be able to go play the song. AD told me uh, he's a sideline to sideline freak linebacker that is born and bred in Broncos country, went up to play at Wyoming because CSU bailed on him when he got hurt in high school. So I'll take a little jab at the Rams for that. Um, But Trey McBride, same class. I like Trey a lot. I just think Chad Muma is not a generational linebacker, but I think he's the closest thing you can get to one in round two. I, I think he's a home run hit. I, I really do. I'm not saying that just because he's in Wyoming and I got to go see him and I love the university and everything like that. I'm not saying it, but I, I just, this kid for me, he does it. His speed, you can't coach that. The agility, you can't coach that. His three cone, his 40, everything I absolutely love. I would love to see him put a little bit of weight on, but he's my dream scenario. I'm pounding the table for this kid. He's a, he, to me, he could step in and play. Right now, I don't think he's going to make a Pro Bowl in the first year. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Micah Parsons or anything. But he's a guy that you can bring in and pair with a Baron Browning, pair with a Josie Jewell, and can make up for some of those deficits. Yeah, no, absolutely. I like Chad Muma a lot, and I would be – you know how much I – devalue the linebacker position you know some of it's sometimes be a little bit inflammatory provocative right nobody knows what that means uh (laughs) but uh chad muma i'd be okay with at six at 64 the rest of the board would be interesting to see but you're right i think the thing that stands out for me about chad muma is i feel like he never plays ahead of himself everything is very smooth and connected now does that mean that he's making the crazy highlight hits where you know the ball is handed off to the running back and boom he's right there no but you're also not finding him out of position which I value way more from the linebacker position because it's more about the structure of the defense. And it's, it's the anti Kenneth Murray Rams or excuse me, the Chargers few yep. years ago trade up for Kenneth Murray, who at Oklahoma was, and I liked dog- a yeah. ton. I was not, not that big of a fan, Okay, but it was because he was biting too hard. His hips were in the wrong place. His eyes were always in the wrong place and he was getting himself out of position leading to big plays. Now he made a lot of splash plays there at Oklahoma, but he also gave up just as many splash plays behind him. And uh, that's a no, no non-starter for me for a position like the linebacker. So for Chad Muma, I don't see that with him at all. I think he plays the game is pretty darn slow for him and he's very fluid and deliberate in his moves. I do think the instincts could tick up a tad as far as his aggression, uh, making tackles closer to the line of scrimmage. Maybe he's a little bit too passive sometimes getting off blocks and that kind of thing, but the length, the fluidity, nothing is hard for him. And you can see, you can watch him play. The fluidity I talk about is he was a safety in high school, recruited as a safety, and you can still see that ability in him. Now, do you want him lining up on a it's a three by one and he gets matched out wide one on one on the the one side of the three by one with Travis Kelsey versus Darren Waller? No, that's that's not a matchup for there's probably two linebackers in football. You can be okay with that. But if you're lining up with a, you know, off or a detached running back a slot wide receiver in some looks even or a tight end he can do that and excel there 
good length, good movement. I like him a lot. I, re- I really do. And you're going to see that with Austin Eckler, right? I mean, yep. what do the Chargers love to do with him? Throw him the ball. And it's again, it's one of those things where the running back position has evolved into you got to be able to catch. George Payton talked about you got to be able to pass block with Javante Williams yesterday. But I like I like Muma. I like Troy Anderson, too. Look, mm-hmm. I'd be really, really pumped with him as well. Um, I, I just don't think he has, in my opinion, the same lateral quickness, the same speed. They're all comparative, right? When you look at the measurables and the size difference and the metrics are there. But um, for me, it's Muma. I'm absolutely pounding the table. He's got my star. Uh, McBride, I like him a lot too. Not in the same need for me right now. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit on the tail end. And we're already at 645 here in the show. But um, no, I'm pounding the table. My guy, Chad Muma, University of Wyoming. What say you? Your star. You're, I'm guessing. Can I give it a guess here? Are you, are we going safety? Are we? Are I, we... I have a few stars here, and uh, Daxon Hill would be my true star. Yeah, here, but I absolutely because I adore him. But I don't think there's any chance in heck that he falls to Denver within range. I think he's going to go first round. I actually am scared to death. He's going to go to the Chiefs. I think he'd be a phenomenal pick with Tit- one of the Chiefs. Titans, Vrabel. Uh, maybe with Vrabel, they just, I, I know how the chiefs really value those versatile, uh, safeties. I mean, they paid Juwan Thornhill or excuse me. Um, the guy, from J- Justin Reed, they have Juwan Thornhill. That's, he just yeah. screams chiefs at the end of the first round scares me there. Um, could see maybe one of the early first round picks as well. I just, the thing I don't know about the, the Titans is that they have Amar, Amari hooker, Amani hooker there who really plays a good star role for them right now, but, uh, it is a safety. And for me, it's going to be Jalen Petrie here i love jalen petrie he is i think he's modern defense to a t and if you're looking for a team that wants to play six plus defensive backs a majority of your snaps jalen petrie allows you to live there he led the gosh let me pull up the stats here he uh, led the big 12 uh last year in tackles for loss and uh he also had 31 tackles for loss in 23 games this past two seasons. He's one of the best slot players that I've seen uh, coming out of the draft. He doesn't have incredible length, but his short area quickness, his ball skills, his tackling, his intelligence. Um, he was people, coaches rave about him. If you listen at all about uh, Jalen Petrie, co- coaches, anybody who's worked with him say this is like one of the most hard grinding football guys you've ever been around. Also, he logged 451 special team snaps over his uh, career at Baylor uh, playing in every single coverage unit and also an academic all American and a all American, all American. So I I really love Jalen Petrie. And I know that safety is a position where historically you can find them round two. You can find them round four or five. And we found, I mean, Caden Stearns looks great. And we found him round five last year. The Broncos did. It's all right. uh, It's all right. I wouldn't say great. Yeah. Yeah. We both have. He's good for a fifth rounder for right. sure. Like that's yeah. I like, I, I love the Petrie thing, man. Yeah. Like I think we, oh. we talked, we talked about, yeah, this cat out of Baylor, man. Like when you put on his film, we talked about him earlier. Um, Winfield, man, like here's yeah. the thing. Petrie's going to get a little bit of heat because people are going to say, it doesn't look like a stereotypical safety because he's undersized. Winfrey's not a big guy either. Go look no. at it. I mean, like him and Tyree Kill are seeing eye to eye. Okay. So it's just one of those things where I think he does make up for maybe not being six one or six two with his physicality. This guy, man, he's a firecracker. And uh yeah, you talk about football acumen. I absolutely love it. Uh the defensive backs, I'm never gonna push back against a defensive back, man. I, yeah. I love a hard hitting safety just as like just as much as the next person. And when the Broncos have had such a historic run at safety, it's especially hard hitting safeties. That's not Justin. Mm-hmm. Justin's the ball hawk. K Jack, just please for the love of God, don't hurt PS2 out there like you did our guy from Jacksonville. What was his name? Boye, AJ Boye. Don't need that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got the brainstorm coming in saying, in your eyes, who's the most complete team in the AFC West? The most complete team? I'm going to go with the Broncos. I think they are the most complete team right now. Like we haven't had the draft yet, and they're the one of the teams that don't have a first round pick, but defense, offensive line, defensive line. Now they do have holes, and I don't think they have the most dominating singular unit in the division. But I think that the Broncos actually are the most completely complete team. You could make an argument for the Chargers, but I think the Chargers offensive line especially the right side of the offensive line is a far greater weakness uh than the broncos so that's the tiebreaker for me uh leaning with denver that's interesting because you got schofield out there right and then um i don't know who their who their guard is they have trey pipkins who's not very good there at right tackle they have another right tackle who's struggling oh they moved 
Schofield's not starting anymore? And not to my knowledge. I think it's probably going to oh, be Trey okay. Pipkins. They have another guy, too, whose name's escaping me. But their their right side of their offensive line is not very good. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah, I think the Broncos is a good answer. I think the Chargers would be a second one for me. I wrote a piece a couple days ago. PFF put out a graphic talking about which receiving duo is the most underrated. And obviously, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton were there. But then when you sit down and you compare the numbers and you kind of crank some stuff out, between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, it's not even close. And I know who was throwing him the ball last year. I get it versus Teddy and Drew and that whole mess. But uh, the Chargers don't sleep on him, folks. I think that's a really, really good question. I love it. And our guy, Andrew Baker's coming in. What's up, Andrew? Sup, my fam, Uh, my fam, Damley and Nick, Luke and Scott. A worst case scenario question. If Russ Wilson goes down, what kind of backup do or should we have? Super Bowl 50 was in a way thanks to Brock beating Patriots to get us there. Hashtag MHH for life. So I wrote about it a couple weeks ago, Andrew, on Mile High Huddle, kind of forecasting the backup quarterback competition. How good does that feel? We don't have to worry about who who won the day. No more. Um, You're going to have Brett Rippon, and then you're going to have Josh Johnson, I think. That's what it's looking like right now. I'm really curious to see Josh Johnson, if I'm going to be honest, because I don't know what to expect, Mm -hmm. man. This cat's bounced all over professional football, and uh, Russell Wilson was handpicked by him. So you know that Russ loves has some love, love or is getting to know Brett, had Brett out there at the passing camp as well. So that'll be interesting to me, an interesting battle. I wouldn't be shocked if they added a rookie, though. Yeah, for me, it's if Russell Wilson goes down, find some other hobbies on your Sunday or try to find other things to enjoy about the Broncos games because the season's over. And at this point, you know, they're that's just how it's going to be. Most teams are like that. If the Chiefs lose Mahomes, if the Chargers lose Herbert, it's going to be rough. And the Broncos aren't really set up in a position to probably use a early resource on a quarterback. It just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, so and they're not going to. They're Bull said Garrett Bull said the other day nothing's going to happen to him. So yeah, that, I there think we go. We're, I think we're good. And yeah, we could give GB hell. I don't really care, man. Like he he needs to improve, but. I love what he's talking about because he's out mm-hmm. there. He's out there saying, I'm trying to focus on my job right now because there's nothing saying in stone. I'm the starting left tackle. I need to worry about me. And I'm like, dude, Garrett Bowles has grown up. I absolutely love it. So I'm happy. Yeah. Absolutely. We also got Corey H coming in with the super $10. Thank you so much, Corey. We appreciate you saying, I don't know where or how, but I have this feeling that we need a couple more pieces for that threat for it to be a threat for the whole thing. Just a gut feeling. Uh, Let's hope we can get one of those pieces this week. Let's hope we can get a couple of those pieces, but this draft isn't just about this year. This draft is about the long term, and you can tell that with uh, the press conference. I think from the press conference yesterday with George Payton, he's talking about offensive tackles. He's talking about cornerbacks. He's talking about edge rushers, all positions that typically take a couple seasons after you draft them to really hit their own in all positions where the Broncos could have a, maybe not a major hole in 2022, but 2023, after Russell Wilson gets paid, uh-oh, some concern. All your right tackles, free agents. Uh, Darby, you can save $10 million with only $3 million dead. That could be a big hole for Ed Cornerback. Ed Rusher, uh, we don't know about Randy Gregory long-term. His deal is essentially a two-year deal. Bradley Chubb, free agency after this. So talking about those positions makes me think that this draft isn't just about one or two pieces away for this uh, this season. It's about getting guys on the roster that can be rotational this season, but then project to be starters on cost-controlled contracts 2023 and beyond. Yeah, you've got to have a budget if you're the Denver Broncos because you're getting ready to pay Russ. And yeah. I'm I hope it happens sooner rather than later because yeah. I don't want anything to be messy. And I think George knows that and Russ knows that. And I think those conversations are probably going on as we speak. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was really impressed with, speaking of the future, is Darren Moogie only gonna be here for this year? Because this guy, that guy I was so impressed with, Nick. Um he's had a couple opportunities and he spoke about progressing mm-hmm. and advancing into other opportunities, but he turned them down. Mm-hmm. And when you're getting hand groomed by George Payton and you're in a great spot, Elway gave you your, your first opportunity. I'm just looking at Darren Moogie talking yesterday, like, man, I would hate it if you landed somewhere in the AFC West. Cause yeah. I think the NFL is getting ready to, to see Darren Moogie run his own team. Probably pretty soon. Um, Luke, do you have any more Red Star guys uh, to maybe hit on here before we get on out? I have one more for pick 64 and then one that's more of a day three guy that ugh, maybe he ends up going day two now. But I felt like for a long time people were not as high on him as they should have been. So uh, uh, I guess I'll go ahead. 
Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I like Drake Jackson from okay. USC. Um, it, when we start talking about edge, you know, it, it got that injury late last season, and people are wondering about that. Peyton's talking extensively yesterday about how how much he values the medical portion, just like teams should. Not all teams do. Um, but I really think this cat improved his his draft stock since he came out of USC and the season stopped and he's had a decent NFL off season, but I like his potential. He's got a high motor. His film shows that uh, I think he's got some loose hips. I think at times he can play a lot stiffer and can really, I think he should have more bend than he actually does, but mm -hmm. I like this cat a lot out of USC. I generally try to stay away from some of those, those pack 10 or pack 12, whatever the hell they're called players. Um, just because it's so sometimes boring and lopsided games when you're watching those film and you look at the score and you're like holy cow then you see some highlight tapes and you see some absolute great stuffs some he knows how to set the edge i like him a lot uh yeah man i the thing that steps out for me is his verticals uh his jumps at the combine were outstanding uh it's 86 percentile vertical jump at Athlete. 37 inches and then the 94th percentile 127 inch jump he also has a really good frame uh as far as his wingspan and arm length uh, the wingspan of 82 and 5 8 inches is the 80th percentile not the heaviest guy but i think he's going to be more of a stand-up edge and only 20 years old i think something that absolutely stupefies me though i was going over his data from the combine to the seat to uh the pro day at usc mm -hmm. and he went from 250 to 274 uh in yeah. one month going there and i don't it's not the Odd. oh gosh the edge rusher from Cincinnati, whose name's escaping me right now, who had like a viral illness, which weighed like 224. Um, it's not like that, I don't think. So really curious, curious to see that. Uh, I really like Drake Jackson, though. I think he's got a good a tools, uh, toolkit to become a good edge rusher at pick 64. Very young, so a lot of upside. He has some ghost moves, too, where like offensive tackles can't even get hands on him. It's beautiful. I like uh, Pascal more. I will see okay, that. I, was, I, I do like Pascal. I like the Kentucky edge rusher a lot, a lot more, but... Um, just a new name I wanted to throw out yeah. there. I like Jackson from USC a lot with the, with his potential, but he is young. So you're going to have to deal with that. Just like you, you know, are dealing with some of these young guys like Bradley Chubb. He's dealing with injuries. Well, sometimes it takes a young pass rusher a little while to come into the league. And Draymond Jones is just now starting to hit his stride. Um, you're going to have to see. Yep. And the edge rushing spot. I know. Oh, you already have Jonathan Cooper. You have Malik Reed who had a lot of sacks last year. You paint, you paid Randy Gregory, you have Bradley Chubb. what Peyton say yesterday, Nick? What'd more, he say? More, you, more pass rushers, the better you want to have a wave of them. Also, I have data here on um, the last year, the top five edge rushers, as far as sack production were TJ Watt, 22 and a half sacks, Robert Quinn, 18 and a half miles Garrett, oh. 16, Nick Bosa at 15 and a half and Trey Hendrickson at 14. None of those guys played 80% of the snaps, a few of them, 65% and 64 snap percent. And that's just one edge rusher. If you have two edge rushers out there playing that percentage of snaps, that means you almost have, you know, crazy amount of snaps out there for your edge rusher to uh, get at it. Almost a whole, I mean, you could have another guy playing 60% of the snaps. Um, So your edge rushing depth is of the most uh, really, really valuable because you're going to rotate those guys. And I mean, heck, people talk about the no fly zone, but having Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett, uh, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware, along with Malik Jackson and Derek, uh, Derek Wolf and Sly Williams. I mean, doing all that made a big difference. Yeah. Another red star guy for me here real quick. You mentioned him and I won't go too far because I'll get a chance to wax about him in my mock draft coming up. Josh Pascal, 64. Love him. I wish his arms were a little longer. I wish he was a little bit younger. He's versatile. You can play him inside. You can play him outside. He's a really good edge setter. I think he led the SEC in tackles for loss the past two seasons yep. and uh, also beat cancer and came back. Another guy who people just coaches will like talk your ear off about of the character of Josh Pascal and the leadership he provided. So 64, I'd be totally about him. Red star player for me. Yeah, he's a he's a great story, and I think character matters a lot to George Payton, and he's going to be sure to draft a good one here with with this first premium pick. Seeing some questions here as we're kind of rounding out the show. Uh, Free Earth Citizen joining in. Thank you so much. Our number one priority has to be protecting Russell Wilson. Take an offensive tackle with pick number 64. I think Abraham Lucas is probably my guy from going offensive tackle at pick 64 if he's there. Um, but man, to me, that means Muma has to be gone. Um, Anderson is obviously gone for linebacker and yeah. uh, I'd be okay with it. I would, I wouldn't be super pumped if I'm going to be honest with you though, but yeah. I think free earth citizens, right. You got to keep your, your big investment who you're about to pay, um, the richest quarterback salary ever. You got to make sure he's protected. So 
That goes with the yeah. O-line. Yeah, and Paul says uh, he's going to put the red star on Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall there at 64 just to be different. Wow. Those two guys are good enough where if they're there at 64, I know we just took Javante Williams last year, but if you read my article that just came out, sorry, Chad, it was 2,000 words, but I was on a roll and I had a lot of points to make. Um, that's, Told me it's... about that. Like, because it came in, like, I think right as I was talking to him and he's like, Nick's got a piece. I'm like, oh, what's it about? And he told me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll read about that. And then, uh, yeah, no, it was, I just started, guys, milehighhuddle.com, talking about why running back is a sleeper position, at mm. least for the Denver Broncos right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I like cheese pizza, but I'm more of a guy, you know, get some mushrooms on there, some veggies, all that stuff. But meat. Hello, get some yeah. meat on there, man. Some get some pepper, some chicken, some sausage, pepperoni. You got to get something on there. Uh, wife's a vegetarian, so I've been started to really dabble and enjoy the uh, the ones with all the veggies. I mean, anything with mushrooms on it. Oh, I love mushrooms so much. I hated mushrooms growing up and I love them as an adult. Oh, it is so, so weird. I, yeah, I don't know. Michael Ranquilla, what's up? Our guy. Great show tonight, Nick and Luke. Let's ride and go Broncos. Michael's coming in hot from Arizona, man. Repping the orange and blue. Tracy's baby. What's up, Tracy's baby? Uh, <laughs> when is the draft again? That draft is going to start on Thursday night, round one. The Broncos' first pick is uh, number 64 in round two, the very last pick. So starting Thursday night, going Thursday through Saturday, we will have exclusive MHH coverage right here on these airwaves with the schedule slash release of how we're doing things. We're doing things a little bit different this year. Should be really fun, really exciting. We have all been plugged into that this last weekend. So stay tuned. You can stay tuned at Mile High Huddle for uh, that draft notifications and everything that is the Denver Broncos coming up here in the next few days. All right. Well, I have one more uh, Red Star guy here. Somebody who's probably going to go day three, but may, may sneak his way up into the top. And that for that, for that guy for me is tight end from San Diego state, Daniel Bellinger. And I adore Daniel Bellinger. I was good player, a little bit flabbergasted uh, that recently uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him, had him as his number three overall tight end in this class, because I was like, Oh, I'm seeing him in the PFF simulator round six. And I'm like, Oh, I can put him round four and I'll be totally fine. Oh, now he's your number three tight end. I'm concerned. But uh, Daniel Bellinger, probably one of my favorite blocking tight ends in this class. I think he can actually add a little bit more mass to his frame, but came in at about 255, six foot five. And uh, man, he really gets after it as a blocker. And the biggest question for him, for me, is that because of San Diego State, which is like the opposite of the air raid, they're like still a power run team. He didn't have a lot of snaps that were vertical down the, I guess, down from the line of scrimmage where you can figure out if he could run, you know, in open space and how he is comfortable tracking the football or whatever. But this dude is such a good athlete, such a translatable athlete that I don't want to say I'm getting the Kittle vibes from him, but it's a very similar story to Kittle where it's like, Oh, he's just inline blocker and they have some dump offs for him close to the line of scrimmage. Never really found out more about him, but that's kind of the, the body type and frame and skill set that I am highlighting looking for value. I don't think it'll be Kittle, but maybe even you can get a Foster Moreau who's been a really good tight end too for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for a number of years now in line blocking H back stuff. So as well. So I really like Daniel Bellinger. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. And I will say he's my final red star. We'll talk about. Yeah. Albert O is not known for his blocking. <laughs> Let's no. just say that. Right. Um, he, I think that's a that's a really good – I like it. I like that pick yeah. um, because here's the thing. People are forgetting about some of the other edge rushers in the AFC West. This division, man, is going to be really, really rough. How can you help that? Get a blocking tight end, a guy that loves to block. But yeah. um, I wonder about the route tree knowledge. I wonder about yeah. what he could bring to the offensive game. But um, you, you saw what Saubert did last year when he did get the ball. I think he got one touchdown, a few catches here and there. But like, I if he was given more of an opportunity, I just wonder. And then you look at a young rookie like this who's got plenty of tread on the tire, good story, um, effort. Man, when you, I see a guy like the George Kittle block on Von Miller last year, put a pancake in him. Come on, man. That got me so pumped. But I like it a lot. I, I, I love tight end. It's a cool position. It's constantly evolutionizing the NFL and uh, the Broncos got to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. They got to figure it out. But who knows? Uh, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, Luke, you have any more here before we get on out? If you don't, that's totally fine. Uh, I am last... I am ready to rock and roll. Looks like we're sitting right at the, the one-hour mark. So I want to make sure we don't get in trouble from the YouTube. Brad D, what's up? Thanks, Nick, Luke, and Scott. You guys rock. Thank you, guys. You guys rock. Craig Smith. I look forward. I get up on Saturday mornings no matter what I'm doing with the family, what I'm doing with friends. 
um, out and about. I'm always looking forward to Saturday night. We're always talking throughout the week about what we want our shows to be. And uh, I'm just I love Saturday nights, man. And next Saturday is going to be even funner because we're going to have rounds four through seven here on MHI. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Make sure you guys are following Luke on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at MHI underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on our Facebook communities at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Number one thing you can do to support us. We're almost at 15,000 subscribers. You might have just passed that even, but make sure if you guys haven't done so yet to uh, get in there and subscribe, like, and share the show on YouTube pages. I mean, I know the Broncos got Russell Wilson over a month ago now, but the fun times are just getting started, guys. I mean, get in now. Let's get him from the ground up and enjoy this. Russell, you know, he says, let's ride. Let's ride with Mile High Huddle and join us by subscribing, liking, and sharing and following our content over on Mile High Huddle. And make sure you guys are tuning in with us over the draft. We're going to be live almost the entire thing with our reaction. The Broncos don't have a pick until 64 unless they trade up or if they trade back. Um, But we're going to be going live. We're going to be talking about it and we're going to be breaking it down from Broncos lens, but also just fans of the draft and the NFL game in general. It's all going to impact the Broncos. And heck, you want to hear about these guys now because four years from now, maybe these are some guys the Broncos are looking to bring in in free agency. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, well, and just last thing, because this will be the last time you see me until the draft is starting, um, or at least the draft will have started by the time you see me. You'll see Nick before on on his Tuesday show and on Broncos for Breakfast, but one of the other and on Friday's show. You're going to see Nick all the time next week. But uh, no, one thing for me, man, get your Red Bull, get your caffeine, your coffee, whatever it is that you need, because we're always trying to load up. I know. My wife asks me every year, what kind of coffee do you need? What kind of, what do you need for the draft week? So here at MHH, man, we've got everything locked down rounds one through seven and it doesn't taper off four through seven, man. We we've got some really exciting stuff for you guys this weekend. So stay tuned. Yeah, guys, stay tuned. We'll see you all soon. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Happy Saturday. We appreciate the heck out of you. Uh, Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Let's ride. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.